You're listening to the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up and receive a $50 welcome bonus using the promo code CASINO50. I have a crush on Justin Herbert, but I wonder if he's now got a crush. Like, Herbert's out, so uh, trust me, Strati, you're now in love with your new New York Giants quarterback, aren't you? <laughs> Tommy Cutlets. Did you see his coat? Did you see his coat walking into the game? Oh, I saw it. I saw him. I saw his agent look like he's out of Goodfellas. Uh, You know, his family, I'll be stopping before the game, his family prepared a big table for tailgating, for people to come try it out. He lives at home with his mom and dad. Like, it is, he's a very likable guy. You know, I don't know if he's the Brock Purdy of the New York Giants, but Uh, I do know he's a character. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but the living at home thing is just odd. But that's just me. Um, I look at uh, at the Giants. Hey, you know what? Uh, good for them. Uh, last night, though, it was upset city in the uh, in the NFL. No, no question about it. So uh, we'll see where it goes. But uh, does this have you moved on from Danny Dimes yet? Are you prepared to say Danny Dimes is not the answer? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of money. You know what? Honestly, I. I look at their offensive line. They have the left tackle. That's the only one that's set. The other ones are just the rotation. They're bringing guys in. They've drafted at a time. You don't have an offensive line. How do you really know what your quarterback can do? So, you know, even Saquon Barkley, as good of a running back as he is, he's, he's not getting any yards because that front five or whatever is just getting pushed right back. So it's, it's I don't know, Greg. I, I don't know that he's the solution, but I for sure know that the offensive line is not helping. Strutty. You remember one night as a member of the Edmonton Orders after the trade deadline and your defense core that you had. You've talked about it before here on the show, right? Uh, there was Theo Peckham. Um, there, was a, there was a few. I, I think you had uh, Johan Motin, I think, was, uh, was dressed uh, that night, right? Uh, mean Dean Ursini uh, was also in the lineup for your team and uh, obviously it didn't go well. Now, it was, of course, against the uh, the Stan- Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they were loaded with a bunch of future uh, Hall of Famers. Well, the lineup tonight for the Chicago Blackhawks study, specifically on the back end, they have four rookie defensemen who have combined, and I looked at it, combined for 101 NHL games played in their careers. Like, this is... How do you th- and there are three all on the left side. So when you have three rookie left defensemen, Strutty, is there like can you purposely attack down one side? And is it like is Zach Hyman and Connor Brown and Warren Fogle should, like are they licking their chops or is it more McDavid and Dryside are like oh zone entries all day on the left side? Yeah, I mean guys will go after the weaker D, right? They'll 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 try if you have a choice. If it's a, like a, whatever you have the puck in the middle, you'll go down the the, the younger D side, right? If he's weaker. But generally speaking, you just want to put pressure on them and make them make decisions quickly. The leagues they're coming from, A, don't have the skill level, the top-end skill level that the Oilers can do in their, in their top three, four, five, six players. And B, the game doesn't happen as quick. It's maybe as fast, but it's not as quick. The decision-making is instantaneous. You think about the Oilers' power play, uh, the Oilers' five-on-five play down low when they're interchanging forwards and D, working high to low, low to high, all these stuff that's happening. It happens so quickly that those D, it's really hard to react because they're not used to it. So the Oilers tonight, their job number one is to get it up 
dice as quick as they can and play in Chicago's end. Now, most nights you want to do that. Sure. That's, that's pretty, pretty obvious. But against this group of players, you want to be in their end and make them suffer because it's happening so quickly. Um, so transition quick, D to D, up the ice, boom, we're in their end. I'm not talking about chipping in, but you want to carry it or get it behind those D and make them make choices all night long, like Lionel Richie says. Yeah, well, it is, you know, it's a massive mismatch when you consider that uh, they've got all these injuries. And, you know, and then up front, you know, obviously Corey Perry's out. Uh, Taylor Hall is out. Seth Jones uh, didn't make the trip in Chicago. He got hurt on, on Sunday. Like, they were, Athanasiu is out. Like, they just, they don't have a lot of, of, of bullets in the chamber, shall we say. And they're taking on a team. Like, straight if they were playing the orders in late October, you'd be, well, well, maybe. But honestly, the way the orders are playing tonight, like, this one reeks to me of a blowout. It does. And, and so I'll ask you the question. Why is the card not playing tonight? Like, I, I, I look at it, and I'm not saying that, you know, you look at the next five games, pretty tough schedule, right? And, and now you're going to have to get Skinner in. Obviously, Skinner's going to play a lot of those. But I'm looking long-term. I, last year in the playoff, I'm convinced, and he can tell me he wasn't, I believe he was either mentally and or physically tired in the playoffs. So this was a game they could have taken it easy, you know, played some, played uh, Calvin in there. And, and not to say this is a tap-in, but I think that it would have been a good opportunity to give Skinner a few days off to rest and kind of get going, and knowing that the schedule is a little bit hectic here heading into Christmas. Um, so that's, I think it's a missed opportunity by the coaching staff. Yeah, see, it's interesting you say that because it's funny. I, I asked, actually, you know what, I had the conversation with, with Craig McTavish, and, um, and that was before the game. It was in, against New Jersey. I ran into MACT. And I said, you know what, like, what would you do? Because I was like, hey, no, here's an opportunity. He says, well, some guys for goalies, and he goes, I'm not saying Stewart's like this, but you don't want to even make a semblance of thinking there's a competition, right? He's your guy. You know what? You, you don't, even if the guy plays well, because especially because he's won six in a row, you give him a day off, he wants to get right back in. And so it was an interesting one that I hadn't thought of the angle of you don't even want to plan to see that there's suddenly a competition for the job when there really shouldn't be one. Right. What, what do you make of that? Uh, I, I think that's, that would be pretty crazy for anyone to think that there's like for either goalie, to think there's a, a, ch- a challenge here, right? Like um, let's keep in mind, if Campbell had played well, Picard doesn't even get to watch, you know, doesn't, doesn't come up at all. So I think that like, I understand what Mac T's saying, but I'm, I'm looking at, I'm trying to stand back and look at the big picture. And the big picture is you're going to need Skinner being fresh down the stretch and in, in, in the playoffs. Now, they may add another goalie. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. But for now, I've got to think long-term. And we saw what happened to Skinner in the playoffs. I do think he was tired, either mentally or physically. So this was, to me, an easy one where you could say, okay, we're going to just give this guy the night off. Um, and not because, and, and not even the fact that uh, Picard played really well. Um, but just to keep them rested and fresh moving forward. So I understand what Mac T is saying. I get it. But I, I don't know. I think it would be a pretty big stretch if there's any goal, uh, you know, goalie competition growing uh, here in, uh, in Edmonton. No, I agree with you. It was just an interesting one. Like, to me, though, I, I guess you say, okay, we give Skinner the extra day off now, right? But Skinner's going to play, so then he would play Thursday, Saturday, two more days off, then he plays a game, and then you're going to give him another time off. Like, the orders, they don't have a condensed schedule now, Struds. Like, I looked, like, they, Skinner could start seven games in 22 days the rest of this month. That's not taxing at all, right? No, it, 
it's not that why, but like if, if you don't need your top goalie for this game, why not just give him the day off? Right? Mm-hmm. Why not just give him a rest? If you, if you can, because there may come a point further on um, where you might need him play where you don't want him to play more games, right? You might just have to do that. So I, I'm trying to be preventative here. I'm trying to get ahead of this and trying to break, break up this, this uh, what we know is a cycle of fatigue for him. Or I, maybe he won't admit, but I feel it's a cycle of fatigue for him. So this is an easy one where I think you could just could have taken him out and uh, the order still win. He gets the extra day off. And you're right, it's not a crazy amount of games, but why not just give rest when he can take it? Because you're not always going to be guaranteed further down the road. Like, what was his run at the end of the year last year? He played a ton of games in a row. Well, he played in the playoffs a lot, but uh, down the stretch, you no, know, Campbell, I think, started three of the last ten games or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just I advocate for rest for players. And they, they need it. Okay, and, but so here's a question, though, Stratty. If you rest two days in December and you're not busy... You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by Play Alberta. Happen, right? Like it, It's not like the rest in January for, or, or December two months later carries over, does it not? I think it is. I think it mentally, too. I think not just physically. Think about the mental yeah. part of it, right? That, that, that taxing. You just get an extra day off just to rest and kind of, you know, not take. it's not like he's taking it easy and going to smoke darts behind Circle K. But he's, you know, he, he's able to just just not have to load up for that night and just take one off. It is, you know, go, being a goalie is taxing because you can't have a night off. A, forward, a winger can take a night off every other night. You know, you can get away with cheating the game. Center's a little bit harder. D-man, pretty hard to take a night off. Goalies, you can't have a night off. You take a night off on, on the ice, you're going to get thrashed. You, you are going down. So my idea is just let him just take an extra day of rest. It, in the mid-season where, you're right, he maybe doesn't need it at this point, but why not take it? If we all agree that this game on paper should be very one-sided, why not play your backup and allow this guy to have an additional day off? Because they all add up. It's one less game played. You know, it, it, what's the goal for his number of games played this year? You know, he, Campbell's not here. The card can, Is he going to play how many? I, I, I hope he gets into X number of games so that Skinner doesn't hit that 60-game mark. Well, here's one he can take off, and maybe he can cheat one later in the year. Jason Strudwick joins us. Uh, to me, Jack Campbell's not even in the conversation anymore. I, I, and I think the orders are on the brink, Struds, of making the Campbell situation worse by continually playing him and sitting Oliver uh, Olivier Rodrigue in the minors. To me, that, that, now you're just compounding the problem. Jack Campbell has well, I guess today he had a 941, but he had an 887 and eight starts coming in. 887. Roger got a 935, right? But he's only played five games. He's a young goalie. Like I don't think you can salvage Jack Campbell, and I think once the orders recognize that, it'll be better. Because right now, continually playing Jack Campbell at the expense of Olivier Roger, I don't see how it benefits your team at all or your organization long term. Yeah, I mean, I, I brought it up. I said he, they shouldn't even look at him till the new year, right? And not even, uh, you know, there was some talk that he was going to come up, what was it, last weekend or 10 days ago. You don't change overnight. I, mean, I, I just don't believe that what is going on with Jack can be trade changed overnight. I, Looking back, I think they should maybe just said, go on a vacation for a week, just clear your head. Then head down the minors, start like a new year, kind of get yourself going, um, and give it them time. Say, we're, we're not sure, but we're not going to see you. We're not going to even talk about it to the new year. Um so you're down there and he's trying to figure it out. I, I, I do understand what they're doing now. You're, you're trying to, you know, salvage this so he can be playable for you because you'd rather not go out of, 
out of the team and try to find another goalie. So I, I do understand, I think, for now what they're trying to do. But, Greg, you're not wrong. I think that if you get into the new year, and especially February, and he hasn't turned the corner, I think the conversation between who plays more down the minors will have to change. Jason Stradwick joins us. Um, Stradi, when you look at, uh, at the orders overall now, and they're back to being the thing I, th- I think a lot of people thought they could be. Right now, there's still obviously the concern for who's going to be the backup. Because most people thought at the start of the year, Skinner was a starter, Cam was going to be the backup. Best case scenario was he would push and maybe start 35 to 39 games. That was kind of best case scenario. And obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, when you look at their team now, is there one area that you would want to improve on that, that's kind of obvious to you as far as, okay, they need a, um, a fourth line center? Or they need a, a fourth line left winger, right wingers. Is there any obvious holes for you that you now that the team's kind of back to normal? Well, let's look at the fourth line. So the fourth line now has Gagne um, with uh, Hamlin and Ryan and Derek Ryan. Those three guys last game that you had one goal. That line could have had three goals, right? Hamlin missed the back door or the tight kind of tight pass in the back door, and then Sam Gagne had a, a point blank shot in the front that didn't quite connect. So they're 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 creating, right? That line is creating uh, because Sam Gagne is a very offensive and gifted player. He makes a lot of smart plays for his line mates and helps set them up. So I think th- that's good. The challenge is when you get in the playoffs, that's not the biggest line, right? They're not the biggest line. And, and, and are they going to be able to play like that in the playoffs? You know, maybe, but, you know, I, I'd like to see a little bit more size on that line. Um, and, and obviously physicality is one thing, but I'd like to see a little bit more size in that. You know, their third line with full goal, I'm, I'm hoping Holloway comes back and McLeod, that's a big, fast line. So the faster Holloway comes back and can jump in there, I think it helps. And maybe Janmark is pushed down to the, to the, to the bottom, to the, to the fourth line, so the line gets a little bit bigger. But so my, my, you know, this is a little bit easier to handle, I think, Greg, would be size on the fourth line. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, you know, when Dylan Holloway comes back, um, you know, that's a spot. So whether he goes to the third line and Yanmark's on your fourth line, right, uh, as a penalty killer, and I don't mind that decision at all, right? I think I could see something there. But I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I've really loved everything about James Hamlin, but I could see them looking, you know, to go get this year's version of Nick Bukestad. Oh, Hamlin's been really good. I mean, who had him being a regular on this lineup? But what Hamlin does is he's quick, uh, smart. I mean, how often do you see James Hamlin in the wrong place? Not very often. He's generally speaking in the right place on the ice. So, um, and he's 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 not complaining. He's making the most of his minutes. What is he? He's got two goals. He could have had one last game. So you're talking about three goals for a guy who you know wasn't on the team to start the year, and most people probably didn't have playing this much. So that's making the most of your opportunity. That's the very definition of creating a, creating a niche for yourself on a team because of the way you use the minutes. It's it's a great story. Strutty. Have yourself a good one. Enjoy the game. Um, any guess uh, on what the score is tonight? What's your gut tell you? Um, I, I think it's going to be pretty one-sided. I, I really do. And uh, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe 5-1 or something like that. And I, and just like when Connor and Leon would play against, you know, uh, the top players of, of, you know, they were there at that time. Like I think back to when Kopitar just took Leon Dreisaitl to school the first time they played. I think we'll see similar, even when Crosby played, you know, um, yes, uh, Bedard the first time. Like those guys are proud too, right? They're they, they're proud players. So I'd expect Connor and Leon to have good games, not to kind of put Bedard in his place, but just to rise up to a challenge and show them this is what it's all about. So I look forward to that interplay between 
those three players. All right, Trey. We'll see you at the rink. Have a good one. See you guys.